Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request Summer Series, Personal Journal Summer Series. I'm your host, Justin Lamb. Hi. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Staying warm out there? I bet you are, because it's freaking summer. Um, can we talk about that? That's what I want to talk about this week. I want to talk about summer. Like what is summer? What does it mean? And why is there this inherent reverence that we hold on to for this season? I mean, don't get me wrong. I know there's people who prefer spring or winter or fall. I think I'm a fall person over summer. Um, but you know, there's no denying that there's just this certain, draw to this time of year, right? There's this obvious change in the weather for most people. Hopefully everybody don't like Florida. I don't know what's going on there. It gets hotter, (laughs) but, uh, I think, I think it runs deeper than that, like deeper than the weather. You know, I think it's ingrained in us like generationally that, that summers are special. Um, and of course I'm talking about like the U S and what I know, right? You could be listening to this in Australia and thinking I'm a crazy person. Regardless of this episode, you might be thinking that. But so I, I want to I want to back up because I do have this theory, um, and my theory comes from a conversation I was having with my therapist last year, where I was talking about fall um, and how my life always seems to change in the fall. You know, like leaves in the weather. Um, my <laughs> My life has this series of monumental changes that have always happened in the fall. You know, my grandpa died in the fall. My dad died in the fall. Uh, When I was 11, I went to a psychiatric hospital in the fall. Most of my leases began and ended in the fall. Breakups with girlfriends were always in the fall. Um, Almost always. And while there's some, you know, that have a change in mood with the change in season, the uh, seasonal affective disorder, sad, if you will, Mine feels more like a, a renewal or like a rebirth, you know, and similar to what happens in nature during spring, but it happens to me in the fall or, or autumn, if you're fancy. Anyway, why am I talking about this? Uh, <laughs> I Because I was talking about this uh, with my therapist and she brought up the book, The Body Keeps the Score, which I have, love it, recommend it. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, The Body Keeps the Score is a book by a uh, renowned, sometimes problematic psychiatrist, Bessel van der Kolk. The book emphasizes the idea that like traumatic experiences are not solely psychological in nature, but also like deeply embedded in the body. Um, and she brought this book up because her theory, which I have now adopted, is that the same principles that apply to your body remembering trauma apply to my story here with the change of seasons, right? With fall, like, because so much shit happened to me in the fall, I just feel this way in the fall. And our bodies and minds are pretty in sync with nature in that way. You know, our circadian rhythms are just one example of how our bodies know what time it is, generally speaking. And the same thing can be applied to the time of year, especially after living for decades in the same cyclical patterns. So it's not that I'm necessarily applying these thoughts and feelings to the fall consciously as much as it's 
these seasonal wounds, I've they're being agitated like around this time every year because this is the time of year that they happened. And so many happened that it just, it's embedded in me. Heightened cortisol, increased anxiety for seemingly no other reason than my body had those things at this time of year, year after year after year after year, until they were just naturally occurring, like without the stimulus. So why am I talking about the fall, (laughs) autumn, if you fancy, and how my mind and body remember it? Because... Are you still with me? Are you still following me? I've been rambling for like four and a half minutes. Very self-conscious. I think we do the same thing with the summer, but like in a more collective way as an entire society, because for us, summer means school's out, right? Summer means vacations and sunshine and pools and lakes and oceans and grilling and a bunch more, right? Like summer is crazy. And we experience this same schedule change and this feeling of of freedom for like at least 12 years, right? Throughout all of school for the first two decades of existence. And that's conditioning, man. Like we are presented with a stimulus and a reward and that learned excitement and desire to be active and social and outside is literally a part of us now. It's been happening for generations and now it's just, I think our bodies physically change, chemically change because the summer has been so representative of a specific thing in our society and in our family and and for years, right? And that's that's just nuts. That's just nuts because it's literally a part of us. Your body keeps the score. Your body is like summertime. I know we used to sit in a freaking chair from, you know, whatever, 7am until 3pm every day. But once summer hits, we are never in a chair again until the fall. Um, And that's your life as a kid. That's your life growing up. That's your life for those first two decades of your life. And then if you go to college, it continues on that way. And I think you, you you probably find yourself just looking for something to do. I like, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself, but so let me, let me start by saying, I know that summer does not technically begin until June 21st. This is marked by the solstice, the longest day of the year. But for many of us, especially those with children, it has already begun. I started out my summer the way June has always started since I was born with my mother's birthday. Um, you know, a birthday at the beginning of June is, is a marked occasion because it means school is almost out or already out. And because it's something that's celebrated every year, it's another marker of summer beginning. Body keeps the score, at least in my family. And (laughs) Speaking of my family, that is who I saw and spent my mother's birthday with. So that was last weekend, two weekends ago. I don't know when you're listening to this, but my brother and his family flew in from Texas and we all got a huge Airbnb on a lake in Northern Michigan to celebrate my mother turning 70 years old. Congratulations. I feel like I've said this in a lot of different formats on a birthday card and a Facebook post. It really is a feat to live 70 years. 
in itself, regardless of accomplishments, health, or anything else, to stay alive for 70 years is crazy. Five years ago, I was 35. That's two 35s. That's two 35-year-olds. You know how many times I fucked up in those 35 years and got close to dying from my own stupidity? And someone can do that for 70 years? That's a fucking accomplishment. So happy birthday to her. And when we were up north, you know, I had this podcast in my mind, as I always do. And I decided to ask some of the attendees, my family, what summer meant to them. And maybe, you know, what are some of their favorite summer memories? So check this out. It's the middle of the day and the beginning of a long weekend. It's been very hot in Michigan and very dry as well. In fact, before the end of this weekend, the skies will become hazy from a nearby wildfire, which is not very common in the Great Lakes state. I'm down by the water, hanging out with my niece and nephew as they look for minnows and play in the sand. This obvious summer setting seems like the perfect time to ask them what summer means to them and maybe get some favorite summer memories. Summer is, you can count on no snow, and it's the, uh, I love everything coming to life, the flowers, the, even the insects, even though they're annoying, but I love all the, uh, the beauty of the summer, and everyone's happy, happier, and they're usually out doing things with their family or friends, and love it. Having, you know, the sun out until like 8, 9 o'clock, and then it's like slowly setting until like 10 p.m., just longer time after work to like go for walks or do any activity it just feels like you have more freedom you know outside of your nine to five than you know you normally do uh, no school no school is a good thing mm-hmm. madeline what's your favorite part about summer this chilling you know no school. Existing. You know? You feeling? What's your favorite summer memory? Might have been at the beach with my sons. And then out, of course, uh, boating. Back in my day, it was in Ohio. And we went, we're our box, I had a little picnic. That was a nice summer memory. Mm-hmm. What, horsebacks? We had a picnic. What you do before the picnic? We rode our bikes. Oh, rode our bikes. I couldn't tell with your authentic southern accent. Growing up on Big Fish Lake, like summer after summer, just having water right at your doorstep and being able to wake up and throw on your bathing suit and you're just in your suit for like eight hours but it's like your house. It's not like an Airbnb or a hotel or someone else's house. It's like yours. 
so it's very comfortable and like very relaxed and comfortable i already said that longer days is right um so i typically i keep a like a pretty tight schedule waking up at 6 a.m i go to bed around 10 or 10 30 and these times in particular are very good markers for what time of the year it is, especially with daylight savings time, most of the year. Both of those times, 6 a.m. and 10 p.m., most of the year, it's dark. I wake up and it's dark. When I go to sleep, it's dark. There's some daylight in the middle there. And this is great, you know, for your natural circadian rhythm. But then one morning, I wake up, I'm making coffee. And I don't turn the kitchen light on because the kitchen's already illuminated because apparently the sun is up before I am, which doesn't happen. And it's almost alarming. <laughs> like when did, when did this happen? The days do get longer. And when I go to bed, I can sit up a little and, and I look past the comforter and I can not only make out the outline of the dresser on the other side of the room, but I can see the freaking knobs. And I can see little creases in the wood because the sun has barely set outside and it's fricking 10 PM. What's going on? <laughs> it's long days, but as, as far as meaning though, I don't know. I think there's a general sense of restlessness in me during this time of year. Almost like I feel guilty for not being more active or doing something outside or grilling or at least, you know, leaving a window open, even though it's far too hot and humid most of the time. Uh, and grilling, right? Like if you're eating dinner, someone else have that little voice in the summer. It's like, could you just cook this on the grill? Like you better cook outside because it's just another fucking activity you can do outside this time of year. You better do it. <laughs> it's, uh, and I maybe it's because like we live in a state or I live in a state, uh, Michigan, that has such cold winters and we feel like we have to like show our appreciation for the summer even more. Um, like there's this fictional summer god out there that controls the sun and it's using it like a freaking budgeting device. Like, oh, you only took advantage of 80% of the nice days this year. So next year you're going to get less sun and more snow for that 20%. Ha <laughs> damn it. Oh. Um, that doesn't happen, does it? What if it does? This is the mystery of life. Um, when I think of the question, though, what was, <laughs> what was I talking about? When I think of the meaning, right? The, the question of what is summer mean to me? I'm not sure I have an answer. Um, I could answer for fall, spring, winter, like without hesitation. I could answer what those seasons mean to me. It really comes right to me. But when I think of summer, it kind of stumps me. And I think it just, it feels transitional more than anything else, which, you know, in my own narrative, I suppose that fits. Cause I, I think back to the, like the point I was making in the beginning about mind and body reacting to seasons, like a trauma trigger. And the idea that transition is the word that I go to 
and like the most representative thing about summer for me, it actually kind of fits. And I'll, I'll, real quick, like here's a rundown of top of my head transitions that I made in my life in the summer, like after fifth grade, huge transition. My best friend moved away and I like switched schools. So new school, uh, coming like old friend leaves, big transition, big life transition. Uh, and then, you know, a bunch of other terrible shit happened. Uh, after eighth grade, you know, same thing, less severity, middle school, high school. Um, after ninth grade, oh my God, that summer was a huge transition for me socially. And since I survived solely on my social life at that point in my life, that was gigantic. Like I, I became a lead singer of a punk band, which was a persona I took on and like dug my heels into for the next like two decades of my life. Uh, after high school, summer was like that transition to adulthood and whatever warped terms I thought that was defined by. Um, 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 2004 summer, I moved to California. While I was in California, summer of 2005, my relationship ended. That took me out there on my own for the first time. Um, summer 2006, I moved home back to Michigan. Um, summer 08, I started a job that I stayed at for over seven years. And I mean, that's not even counting like the last decade or so that I've been in school marked by like the ever present, you know, summer vacation or summer break or whatever you want to call it. So it's, I, it's a constant state of transition. And I think that, I think we all do that to some degree, right? When you're not in school, there's a transition from one grade to the other. And I guess I just really must have embraced that because that's really, that word feels very representative of who I am now and how, what summer means to me. And I mean, those things I just mentioned, that's like what I can think of off the top of my head. So I think it just feels right. Transition feels right. And it sounds sad to me. Does that sound sad? Like, like it should be better. Like summer means fun and suns and buns and suns out, guns out. Woo. Yeah. Do you like that voice? It's new. <laughs> it's my new summer cartoon character. Um, it, but I feel I feel almost guilty for not having that sort of impression of summer instead of transition. Summer is a time that helps other time pass. Transition. But it feels accurate. Transition feels accurate, and and I like the like nostalgic yet hopeful feeling that comes along with kind of leaning into accepting that that is my meaning of summer. I like that a lot. And this, this freaking podcast is a perfect example of that. This, what is the summer series? It transitions us from one season to the other season four to season five. This is the transitional period. Jesus. It just fits so well. As far as summer memories, though, oh, man. Um, I think, I, I mean, I'll, I'll name a few because I asked a bunch of other people, right? I asked my family what their favorite summer memory is. I suppose I should answer the question, too. But I think the one I definitely want to cover that I, I 
mentioned a minute ago is the is the summer after ninth grade. So I want to let me let me give you a setting here, okay? I uh, I was best friends with with Chad, who you have heard on this podcast, and me and Chad, who was uh, we looked like we probably looked like what's that movie Twins or uh, what's I don't know Laurel and Hardy. I, don't know, I was tall, he was tiny. I think I guess I was the fat one. <laughs> if one of us had to be the fat one, but we. Uh, we were best friends and we were hanging out a bunch and Chad was into like Foo Fighters and Nine Inch Nails and stuff. And I was listening to like Bob Seger and the Lion King soundtrack. And (laughs) this is, this is like eighth grade and Chad kind of gets me into alternative music. And then between eighth and ninth grade, we go to the warp tour and I get turned on to punk and ska and the boss tones and, um, real big fish and and like I end up freshman year high school just going to like countless punk shows down in Pontiac Michigan um church that's now a church again so funny the church got turned into a concert venue for years and years and years and years and then someone bought it and turned it back into a church um clutch cargos and there were I, I so first I felt this is thematic across my life, but you know, 14, 15 years old, just finding this music and and punk music at that age represents who you are, right? That's your persona. You're likely, you know, wearing band t-shirts and jinkos and uh fucking have a chain wallet. Maybe you skateboard your hair is a specific style. Like it is representative of who you are. And to, (laughs) to be in that group, I felt like such an imposter because these were kids that came like from the other junior high that didn't know me in junior high who like they'd been, they'd been little punk kids for years at this point. And I was just jumping in and being like, you guys ever heard of the vandals? Like, fuck this kid. And God, I wanted to fit in with them so bad. There was like a core group of who I in that time, uh, would think of as like the cool kids. Cause they didn't seem to like give a fuck and they weren't, they weren't really mean. They were punk rock. You can define that, I guess, in your own terms, but regardless, I just felt like I was not going to be fitting in with these fucking people. Um, and it was a bummer, but I had, I, I had built some friendships within that, the entirety of the group of, of old punk rock ska kids. And that was awesome and perfect and saved my life in a lot of ways. And then miraculously and out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, my friend Ian who has also been on this podcast. I'm going to look at my poster right now and I will tell you Ian was on here at one point. I don't know. I can't see episode numbers, but go find him. You'll find him and you'll say, I like that Ian guy, Ian Louise and all, but he calls me and he invites me to go up North with him and his family. Mind you, this is a person I have been like, trying to hang out with without trying to hang out with 
for the last year. Like he was one of the fucking cool punk rock kids. You know, like there's the punk rock kids, like probably more like myself that listen to music and have the band t-shirts, but like, I don't know. And then there's the kids that like have the values too. And they're authentic and like their parents have good taste in music. And it's almost like generational that of course they're into something fucking like that. Ian was that person. And he just called me out of the blue, invited me up North with him. And, and in Michigan, we say up North for vacation. Cause it's like Northern Michigan. We went to the sand dunes and we ate McDonald's breakfast. And I was like, this is crazy. And then we came back and we hung out in his room slash closet. Cause his room was a walk-in closet. That's a whole other story. And he would play these records and introduce me to these bands. And then before the summer ended, he asked me if I wanted to try out as the lead singer of the band he was in with these other two guys that I would also have liked to hang out with. And, and they really liked how I sounded and my lyrics. And all of a sudden I was in this fucking band (laughs) and people like you when you're in a band at that age especially in the punk rock crowd. And it was huge for me. And that next year was, was just spent partying and, and playing music and writing music and playing shows and playing venues that I had seen other bands play. Uh, and this was before I drank or anything. So when I say party, I was like, Oh fuck yeah. Mountain Dew and like a CD player. Let's do it. <laughs> so, it was awesome. It was so awesome. And like, just cause Ian called me and invited me, I don't even, to this day, I'm still not entirely sure. And I know we've talked about it before me and Ian, but like what the impetus was that made him call me. Um, and it was the beginning of, it was the beginning of a beautiful friendship, but that was probably, that's definitely gotta be in my, uh, my top summer memories. I really, it, it changed. It was like this tiny, but wildly necessary uptick in how I felt about myself, how I looked at myself, how I thought about myself. And, uh, it, it like, it changed my life. It really did change my life. And I, I loved that summer so much. You guys, I have great news. Everybody is drinking less. Seriously, it's trending downwards, but you know what's trending upwards? Non-alcoholic beer. Non-alcoholic beer sales have grown 30% year over year because people are drinking less alcohol. So what do you want to put in there? What do you want to mix in with your normal drinks? Maybe you want to switch it up, right? You want to have a normal beer. You want to have a non-alcoholic beer. You want a normal beer or non-alcoholic beer. That's, that's a great pattern. That's a great way to start. And you know where you can start doing that? Well-Being Brewing. Well-Being Brewing is out of St. Louis, and they have some damn tasty beers. I'm a big fan of their Intentional IPA. You've heard me talk about it before. It's got the 16-ounce can. It's full of hop flavor. But, man, they have a dark amber that's really, really tasty. Hellraiser Dark Amber. They have the the Golden Wheat Ale. They have so many different beers, and all of them are delightful and easy to interchange if you're looking to just switch it up so you're not drinking as much or if you want to quit drinking altogether, they are your place to go. You can go to wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request and save 10% on me, guys. 
I got this for you. And if you don't remember that web address, just go to wellbeingbrewing.com and use the code friend request when you check out. There's a lot of ways to do it. Either way, you're going to save yourself 10% and you're going to save yourself a freaking hangover. So go get it done. Love that beer. Love that brewery. Love you guys. That's why I want to save you that 10%. Wellbeingbrewing.com slash friend request. Back to the show. You know, I, I didn't really think about it until now, but summer is also the time of year I would typically see my dad when I was growing up. Um, you know, we, we had the occasional like Easter or midwinter break or whatever the fuck that's called now. But typically we would have a week or two in the summer down in Florida. When I say we, it's, you know, me and my brother, um, at my dad's house, we would go to Florida and those are tricky memories. Very tricky. Cause if I think back to them with the same like child mindset I had at the time, they're mostly positive. You know, my dad had a pool in the backyard. He had a pond in the front yard. Um, there was a lot of fun to be had just there at the house. And my stepmom would buy us all the like sugar crap that we didn't have at home, like Cap'n Crunch Berries and Kudos bars and Pop-Tarts. And my dad would make dinner. He used to make, <laughs> he'd call them dolphin fingers. It would be years before I realized like he was talking about mahi and not bottlenose dolphins <laughs> um, and his dinner was always delicious he was a great cook and we'd go to the beach and we'd look for shark teeth and we'd visit my aunts and my cousins and my grandparents and there was all there's a bunch of lizards everywhere and iguanas and you know like for a kid that was fucking awesome especially a kid in michigan like you could i Felt like I was in Central America at some wild beach, like at some tropical island. It was amazing. But then when I look back with my current knowledge, being an adult, uh, a sober adult, knowing that my dad died of alcoholism when he was 62, then instead of like remembering the beach, or hanging out at my aunt's house, I think about the drives to those places and the beer between my dad's legs and stopping at the gas station to get more and like afternoon naps, quote unquote, and fighting with my stepmom. And I would spend countless nights just crying and I wanted to go home or I missed my mom or I was scared because it was an unfamiliar place. Cause yeah, it's my dad's house, but I see him like once a year and I'm a fucking kid. Oh, and that's, I mean, that's, that's a tough reframing to step out of. And I think what I've learned is it's, it's really important to remember that both of those things existed, that those really fucking fun, cool, childlike experiences exploration, excited, all those things happened and those were good. And then all that other bad shit also happened and that was bad, but they both existed. And I think sometimes we want, we don't, we don't want the good with the bad or the bad with the good or whatever. We, we just want, you know, this or that, but the world, 
it's just a big sloppy mess of gray area. And, and accepting that both of those truths were true feels like a healthy mindset to have. And with that, I'm going to transition, see, call back, um, <laughs> transition to the end of the episode. And I hope you guys, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is, this is going to be all summer and there's, I'm going to be joined by some people occasionally and I have a lot of, I have a lot of good topics I'm excited to talk about with you and I hope you are excited to talk with me and you can do that. You can email, you can message me on social media. You can join Patreon at patreon.com slash friend request pod and be a part of it all there. Whatever you want to do. Um, let's make this into a conversation. What does summer mean to you? That's for sure going to be an Instagram post, so you'll be able to respond there. But think about it. Think about it and let me know, because I want to know, what does summer mean to you? Share a memory with me. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend?